Say What? Say What radio show with no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. And welcome to Say What for October 14th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me tonight is Walt Silva and Mona Radler. Dolly's family came into town and so she took the night off. She's taking a lot of nights off here, but I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I hope she's having a really good time. So, um, welcome everybody. It's uh, a strange place we find ourselves, but that I can say every show for number of years now. Walt, how are you doing? Hello, Chief. You doing good? Uh, yeah. Trying to get some 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 rest on. Uh, it's uh, I went to uh, when you called me earlier. Remember, I told you I was at the uh, at the um, at the tire store. When you called me, remember I said uh, yes. Yeah, I was at the store. Well, it turned out that. I had a Firestone card because I had bought the previous tires, you know, on 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 their Firestone uh, card. But now it turned out that they've changed their numbering scheme from a six-digit number to a fifteen-digit number. So I had to apply all, all over again, and I got declined because I'm retired. So I guess they don't want uh, poor people buying tires. They only want people with a with a big whopping salaries buying their tires. I said, okay. So just just put it on the card. <laughs> well gee, I bet I guess I better never use retired. I don't think I am retired. I just changed my job. <laughs> Went from one that paid to one You're that not didn't. retired, you're just tired yeah, again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The one that doesn't pay. I got that. That's cool. Well but I do get paid. I mean I get paid in, in ways that are just you know unbelievable the the people that thank me that thank the you know the rest of you guys the station you probably don't even see it because they sort of you know i see it but you guys may not be seeing it but you know there's a lot of very appreciative people out there and i'm very appreciative that they're there but again it goes back to the concept of collective consciousness and we just because we're here we're changing everything. And Mona, I didn't even introduce you. Mona Radler, would you like to mm -hmm. say hello to the audience? No. Mm -hmm. I, said you were, I said you were here, but I didn't, you know, want to say hi to everybody. Welcome, one and all. Say what? Hey. <laughs> say what? Anyway, um, <laughs> those, of, those of you guys that just listened to Jan's uh, show, uh, it was difficult, <laughs> you know, because um, she got into, well, I'm, I'm just going to get into it, the the death of all 40 babies. Now, in, in the, in the Israeli-Hamas conflict, um, my question at the time that I heard that was, where do you get that many babies in one place? At the same time, right. Yeah, you know, it's like, this doesn't sound right. And so anyway, it's turned out to be that there is no, there is no proof of that ever happening. 
So get that out of your head. You know, this 40 baby thing. Now, there's other atrocities. I'm not saying there wasn't atrocities, but, you know, this thing is uh, really crazy. Now, the concept of Say What when we started it up was that we would think of ourselves, even though we're, you know, miles and thousands of miles apart, um, that we would think of ourselves just sitting down having a drink and talking about what's happening in the world just like you would with your friends and that's why the theme song says you know if we're not having fun we're doing something wrong unfortunately in the environment that we've got here um you know there's a lot of things that's not really fun now and if you let yourself get immersed in, in what they're trying to tell you you you're going to be so unhappy i mean you got to be absolutely freaked out on so many levels so what i want to do today is to <clears throat> essentially think in terms of what's really happening from the standpoint of the 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 what you're hearing over the television okay now saturday morning a week ago i got up and uh you know i'm like listening to to the, i always turn on the, the television just to start getting a, a feel is there something happening out there uh mona you might want to mute yourself i think it might somebody's i can hear typing and stuff um thank you um so this this whole thing was you know like oh this terrible attack by the hamas which you know i believe the attack happened i believe that these people died i believe it was ter terrible but there were things that were just like not making much sense to me and i was just looking at it i wasn't on the side of the palestinians or the israelis that and when i was in college i had to study that and it was just like this is such an insane situation. I don't want to ever have to study this again, lo and behold. Um, but the, the first thing that, that got to me was, how could this be a surprise? Remember, I'm prior military. I'm prior signal and, signal intelligence. I'm, I'm prior, you know, electronic warfare. And that was in the 70s. So I know that there's no way in military's theory that would say that they could have been surprised. So that right off the bat started ding, 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 dinging in me. Um, so there's somebody should have su 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 suspected something because the the forces that were there on the, on the border, the uh, Israeli forces that were there on the border, were reduced down to a quarter. So that already they were manipulated to be low, low, uh, have low number of men, so that helped in the uh, in the other side's attack. I mean, uh, uh, Michael Salad was reporting uh, information from uh, Elena Denan that uh, the uh, the the contact that she, the galactic contact that that uh, she has told her that it was a manipulation by the cabal. This is. He said the bankers are behind the attack. They are the ones who finance the attack because they they finance both sides of the of the uh, attack, and they're doing it on purpose in order to hold back disclosure because they they want to stop disclosure as much as possible. Because once the disclosure opens up, you know people are you you can't close the door anymore once you open that door. 
A disclosure of what? Disclosure that that we have access to galactic technology, that we have access to uh, healing, like uh, the, the meds, beds, so you, nobody has to die of anything because they have a, the ability to heal anything. So they they have all this technology and it's and it's accessible and it's and it's free and it's like, uh, but they don't want the, they don't want people to know. The last thing they want in the world is for anyone to be free. Let's you agree with that, right? Yeah, no you, doubt. Exactly. So that is, you start from there and you figure out the rest. Well, it's much deeper than that on the the geopolitical three D reality world mm -hmm. because. And when you when you when it starts to get unraveled, you go like, "Oh my God, this is." I mean, who's who's surprised about this? And um, if if you guys are up for it, I'd like to play uh, a, a a clip from uh, Ike, David Ike. And <laughs> it, it's uh, well, you know, D David. David is. I don't know how many people out there have actually followed him. Um, He's been there for a very long time. He has been talking about these things for a very, very long time. And I think he puts it together kind of succinctly as to what's behind it. Okay. So if you're good with that, we'll just play it. And um, I think you'll understand. Oh, I just, what? I tell you, sometimes I wonder about this, <laughs> this mouse of mine it goes bananas. Um, okay, hold on, I gotta get down here and get to the, okay, here we go. Okay, it's 17 minutes, and, uh, we'll see you on the other side. I've been exposing for decades now, and being called anti-Semitic for it, even though it's the opposite, been exposing a cult. There's a, a global cult, and there, are, there is a major aspect of it, which is called the Sabbatean cult. The Sabbatean cult goes back to the 1600s. I've detailed it all in the books. But basically, it is a, a grouping, a satanic grouping, that is expert imposing as what it's not so they might pose as islamic leaders they might pose as vatican leaders or they might and have mercilessly for the jewish people in general they might and have posed as jewish leaders it was this Sabbatean cult with the Rothschilds very much involved who were responsible for the creation of Israel in 1948 and the horrors, the horrors matching, matching what's happened now and more imposed by Sabbatean actually, but officially Jewish terrorist groups like Ergun and the Stern Gang, who forced hundreds of thousands of Palestinians to leave their homeland 
in terror never to return. So when you look at what's happening now and the horrors of what has been imposed upon Jewish civilians, we should not take sides because when you get to the core of what's controlling this side and what's controlling that side, ultimately, you're looking at the same people. And Sabbateans, who have been the controllers of Israel from the start and then moved in on places like America, they, irony of ironies, hate Jewish people. They have contempt for them. And I've been saying all these years that in the end, this Sabbatean cult is going to throw the Jewish people in general under a colossal bus. And we are now, as I speak, seeing that happen. All the Jewish population of Israel have got to contemplate is how they were treated during the so-called pandemic, fake pandemic, and how they were forced in many and various ways to get the fake COVID vaccine, which has killed and maimed so many in its wake. They don't care about you, Jewish people of Israel and the wider world. The Sabbatean cult has infiltrated you. It does not care about you. And that's why it's allowed this to happen. For ulterior motives, we will get into. And at the same time, this global cult, as I call it, is behind Hamas. If you want to bring two groups of people into conflict with each other, then control both sides, and it's a doddle. And the people who are the civilians taking the, the consequences of that think, well, they're against me and I'm against them. And, but actually, ultimately, the same hands are on the tiller of both sides. This is how the world works. And we're seeing a blatant example of it. Now, just look at the history of Hamas and you will see how much Influence, fundamental influence in its creation came from the Israeli government. So Hamas is hanging the Palestinian civilians out to dry. And the same is happening with the government of Israel. And Israeli civilians. And uh, here's another quote from. Fletcher Prouty. Remember, he was an insider 
The Kennedy assassination has demonstrated that most of the major events of world significance are masterfully planned and orchestrated by an elite coterie of enormously powerful people. Wait for this. This is crucial. Who are not of one nation, one ethnic grouping, or one overridingly important business group. They are a power under to themselves for whom others work. Neither is this power elite of recent origin. Its roots go deep into the past, which is what I've been uncovering all these decades. This is what I call the global cult. And this is seeking to lead the world ever more obviously to a global dystopia. And to do that, you have to destroy the current status quo, whatever it is. You could call it creative destruction. You have a status quo, a way that society works, the way that society is. And as long as that status quo stays there, you can't move the world on to your dystopia. So you destroy that status quo and wars are bloody perfect. Economic crashes, too. And then you move to another status quo. And then eventually you destroy that status quo and move on to another. And with each new status quo, they are getting closer and closer to the global dystopia they've been working towards for a long time. And Fletcher Prouty was right. This is not a recent thing. This goes way back into what we call history. So there's a technique that I, uh, I coined in the 1990s. I called it problem, reaction, solution. And what you do is you create a problem and you blame someone else for it. You want at stage two, having created the problem, you want the reaction from the public of outrage, of fear, of something must be done, do something. What are they gonna do about it? And at that point, those who created the problem and got that reaction from the public openly offer the solutions to the problems they have themselves created. So already Netanyahu is saying that once we've overcome Hamas, we're going to go for Iran, which we say is behind Hamas. Iran, another cult controlled regime. So that is one, one of the reasons for what is happening. To turn the fire towards Iran, and that has big implications, as uh, I'll come to. And there is even another version of problem, reaction, solution that I call no problem, reaction, solution. You don't need a real problem. You just need the illusion of it human cause climate change, a hoax. 
Why? Because look what's happening. The belief in human-caused climate change, nonsensical as it is scientifically, is being used to justify the very dystopia globally that this cult has sought for so long. So, Netanyahu is already talking about targeting Iran, which he says is behind all this. Well, I've been saying for so many years that the plan is to create a conflict between the West and the East. The East involving China, the dominant party, Russia, and other countries, and I've said this many times over the years, including Iran. And Iran has just been invited to join this BRICS uh, economic trading group, which is dominated by China and Russia. And you look at what's happening now in Ukraine. That's another problem reaction solution. You you start a war, you, you uh, manipulate into place a war, an attack on Ukraine, and look what's happened. Oh, problem, what are you gonna do? Pour vast amounts of money and weaponry into Ukraine and impact massively on the global economy and on energy prices with all their implications among many, many other things. You also diminish the Western um, armament potential by passing so much to Ukraine. But what else is happening with Ukraine? It has brought Russia and China closer in an economic and other aspects alliance together, which is the pieces on the chessboard being moved around. So Ukraine is a proxy war. Who between the West and Russia? supported by China. It's already begun, and this is just another aspect of it that we're seeing here. Now, there was a letter that is alleged to have been written by a very prominent Freemason in America in the 1800s, a bloke called Albert Pike. I've written about him at length in the books. Um, Albert Pike was the sovereign grand commander of the Supreme Council, Scottish Rite, Southern Jurisdiction in America. And it's said that he wrote a letter to Italian cult operative Giuseppe Mazzini in 1871, in which he described the plan for three, three world wars to transform global society into the dystopia 
that I've so long warned about. Now, the letter is said to have come to light via a former Canadian naval officer called William Guy Carr in the 1950s. So obviously, World War I and World War II had happened by the 1950s. So we can put them aside, even though the letter described them very accurately. You can put that aside, of course. The Third World War, which hadn't happened by the 1950s, is the crucial thing. Now, of course, this letter, its existence or non-existence, is, has been very controversial. Um, and what I'm going to do is just read you what it said about World War Three and the aftermath. And then you can make your own mind up what you think of it. And then, even more relevantly, you can see how events play out in relation to it. Certainly, current events fit. Pike is said to have wrote to, or written to um, Mazzini. The Third World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the agenture of the Illuminati, the global cult, between the political Zionists and the leaders of the Islamic world. The war must be conducted in such a way that Islam, the Muslim Arabic world, and political Zionism, the state of Israel, mutually destroy each other. Now, some people will understandably pick up on that and say he's talking about the state of Israel in 1871, well, there was no state of Israel. But as I've explained in the book so many times over the years, the cult has a very different um, awareness of the future because it's bloody creating it than the general population does. So in 1871, they would have known the plan involved the establishment of the state of Israel. Meanwhile, Pike said, the other nations once more divided on this issue will be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual and economical exhaustion. We shall unleash the nihilists and the atheists and we shall provoke a formidable social cataclysm, which in all its horror will show clearly to the nations the effect of absolute atheism, atheism origin of savagery and of the most bloody turmoil. Then everywhere the citizens obliged to defend themselves against the world minority of revolutionaries will exterminate those destroyers of civilization and the multitude delusioned with Christianity, whose desiatic spirits will from that moment be without compass or direction anxious for an ideal, but without knowing where to render its adoration, will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer brought finally out into public view. This manifestation will result from the general reactionary movement, which will follow the destruction of Christianity and atheism, both conquered and exterminated at the same time. Well, that's a good uh, 
All right. Good. <laughs> well, he, he was obviously very sure of himself. Because uh, I don't care what their thoughts are or their beliefs, but uh, I don't. I don't think they had enough superpowers to have an awareness of what really is going on on the other side. Like by the other side, I mean the side where where uh, Dave is. So I'm sure they they had uh, tons of ideas of how they were going to go about this, but. They're not the only ones, you know, they're not the only mind and the planet. You know, the planet has its own consciousness. The nature has its own consciousness. It's like they're not, they're powerful, but they're not absolute. So I like their their plans. They have their very thorough in their plans on how they were going to do it. But they're not the only player in this universe. And that hubris is going to bring them down. This is just my opinion from somebody very ignorant. No, I totally agree with you. I think that David gives, well, it was like you were talking about, you know, the disclosure thing and what happens if you let everybody know that there's all these amazing magical, excuse me, magical uh, devices and whatever. Um, yes, that's in play. Um, but so isn't this. This is this is the the problem that is at the three D level. These crazy ass Satanists. But as soon as we think in that term, then you're talking about a spiritual war in some form or another. Uh, I just thought that this was a very good presentation of an overview of, you know, how how long this has been going on. You know, and we should be kind of, I suspect, proud of ourselves that we got chosen to be here at this time. Yeah, the only the only reason this thing has been going on for so long is the the thing that I've mentioned in the past when I've asked Dolly questions about it, and I think she's aware of it. Is that this would have been over and done and over if this thing called the veil of forgetting were over and done with if we could get over this veil of forgetting and actually see what's going on then that's it all their plans would would be for naught because the, the only way they are able to do anything is because they keep people in the dark people don't know don't know you're in the you're you're guessing you're doing your best guess but you still don't know what's going on if it weren't for that thing they do which is to hide in the dark that that's their that's their only power that they have. They hide in the dark. Other if if you became awake and aware, this they don't have any power over you because you you see what's going on. But everybody's affected by the by the veil of forgetting. You know, you you incarnate, you wake up, and all of a sudden you've forgotten everything you know, everything you've learned, and you have to start it from scratch all over again. I don't know if you forget everything, Walt. <laughs> well, not I, your case. Your case is exceptional because you you were born remembering everything you've lived. <laughs> yes, but, but that's because I was given a path of least resistance. Remember, I was the oldest of ten. And mom was raising ten kids and dad was mostly on the road. 
and there was no, you know, we didn't have other relatives in the area. We'd moved from New York State to Massachusetts. So it was like virgin territory. There was nobody telling me how to think. <laughs> the problem is, is that for most people, is that they were told how to think from the moment they started thinking. Yeah. From their schools, to their parents, to the religion, to, you know, the customs, the culture, the society. You know, they're trying, and, and, and the, the goal of every one of these societies is to make a good citizen. But so a citizen... What, what Mona? trying to tell us is you're a radical and you flipped everything that they thought was normal off and you did it the way that you considered best well and it but it was a path i mean right it, it was something that that i was set here sent here to do and you know they gave me a really good physical body but they also gave me a very very clear path through life and so many people, this is the problem I see in people, is that they don't know what to think because they've been told all their lives what to think. And my hesitation on agreeing totally with Walt was that I do believe that you have the information there. Right. It's there. It's always been there. But you've been cluttered. Your, your, your 3D brain has been cluttered so that it's not listening to your higher self. Well, the one thing that I think when you say that is that you are not a no person. You would not accept no as justification for your behavior or your consideration of thinking. That's well, the other, the other thing that happened was that I believe that a child's mind stays in the... the constrict of a child's mind as long as they ask a question and there's an answer. Right, but we're always so, told no as a child and as parents, parents usually are always saying no to the child and the child has no way to look otherwise or get an opportunity to get a different perspective to see that there is more than one way to look at things. Exactly, and I was never told no. Well, okay. no, don't, no, don't go into the swamp. I didn't listen. You're right about that. But, you know, um, it, we learned in the, in the uh, sandpit what worked. You know, if you do something, if somebody got crying or upset or something, you know, you said, oh, I better not do that again. Because somebody said that children are born as savages and that they have to be trained. And oh. I laughed when I heard it. But yeah. then I thought about it and I said, you know, there may be some truth in that because I've watched enough babies interact. And, but, you know, I've seen a baby go and hit another baby and boom, you know. Right, but there's a reaction. I don't think that was an intent. Isn't savagery? Wouldn't that be the intent of harm? Well, you don't know how to, you don't know what what's working. And it's, it's. So some of the, the learning that you have to get, yes, I think you have to get it. You know, don't be hitting people. You know? right. But I think that if the person isn't, an adult isn't there to say don't hit the person, the child learns anyway. Because I think that, yes, they're born as savages and that they don't know how to interact with anything. But their core being is that of God. 
Right. Okay. And the so situation if, is completely different because of the surrounding of the environment and what their purpose was to or is to. Yeah, it depends on your environment, you know. And like I say, I I've, I've been extremely lucky. Well, it wasn't even luck. It was, you know, I I, I probably said, "Look at you give me a good body, you give me an easy path, and you make it simple." Because I don't like complicated. Yeah, right. I, just don't, like, I don't like complicated. Right. You know? So, um, yeah. Um, now, Walt, tell tell me about how you because you grew up in Argentina. What was your experiences? I mean, I know some of it, but from the standpoint of how how come you ended up being a free thinker versus a lot of other people because I think you are a free thinker well I, I was simply by by looking at the world around me and the way for example uh, one of the reasons I'm so alone all the time is because I actually stayed away from children I found them brutish they were a bunch of brutes they were uh, uncivilized uh, they were inconsiderate their their idea of entertainment and fun is to make others cry and suffer. Okay. It's like it was. It, I, that's what, that's why I kept my distance. I and I most of the time when every time my mom would send me out onto the um, onto the neighborhood to play with the other kids. Half an hour later, she would find me. She would she would look for me. She thought I, I was lost or something. No, I was in my room reading something because my father would bring uh, lots of books home. And magazines, and I, and most of the time I was just by myself reading something, because it, that was it would that was that was nice and entertaining as opposed to being with the with the kids. The the kids were absolutely horrible. I, in in as I was growing up, I would learn to discover that, uh, to my surprise, uh, the male children and and the and in the, <clears throat> the neighborhood. Uh, they experimented homosexually with each other. I didn't even know this. I found this out when I when I became a grown up. But I was like, "Wow, good thing I kept my distance. I wouldn't have to. I wouldn't like to do that." <laughs> so I, I kept my distance because uh, first I, I um, let me see how old was I? Five years old, I think, four or five years old. I didn't understand. Is like why? why that person can be liked and approved and yet what is it about me that you cannot like and approve what 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 makes me what is the difference between me and the others i don't i didn't i don't get it what what is it what makes me different from why is it that you can't like me but the other guy you can like and is like what is it? I, I, I why am i me and what is it? why is that person that person is that this makes no sense to me? It it made no sense. But did so, it really? Did you really think <laughs> you were going to get an answer? <laughs> At the time, because you, you don't know. But so, I, oh, I, I got the same. I I know exactly how you're saying it. Feeling for feeling, because <laughs> I would say something. I mean, the children always ridiculed and beat me up, and I get, I know the feelings, Walt. I really do, but. Uh-huh. I went to art instead of reading because they told me when I was young that I couldn't read. But then 
I could read Steiner and I could read all kinds of other metaphysical books and get the gist of it, but not what, you know, they kind of told you to do. I always was reading about scientists and experiments and, I mean, I'd hide in the library too. <laughs> okay, but, but, but step back, both of you, and look at what it was. If, if you had been given an easier path, you wouldn't have gone off by yourselves. Right. You, you wouldn't have been outside the box. So those kids were playing a part in your path to say, no, don't play with us. Go read your books. Well, even Go as adults. And even as adults. People that just couldn't handle that we could be authentic of who we are. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. No matter yeah. what structure it they, be. They, grow, they grow up to be uh, <clears throat> complete uh, hypocrites. Oh, there's a whole they, bunch they, of they play the, They play a role like they're the good citizen, and, they, and, and you say, yeah, you're a good citizen now, but what about when you were fucking each other crazy? Is like, what, what were you a good citizen then? <laughs> it was all some kind of fear power play because I, I wouldn't be out there trying to harm anybody or set somebody different. I, I believe too much in karma. And I knew it without knowing what the word was to believe the structure of it. So, I mean, you know, cause and effect, action, reaction. I mean, come on. You know, you want to be aware and beware of what the heck you're doing. At least I would hope so. That more people were. Meow. Meow, meow. That's Minky. <laughs> I love Zakaris. So, um, so how do you, okay, Ike is, is giving us the picture of what they want to do. Now, what, I, what I've been doing since, well, quite a few days ago, is that I just lay down for an hour, and I continually think in terms of and, and I know this could be done faster, okay, but it's sort of like you have to kind of commit sometimes. And in this case, I want to put an energy over that area that wakes up the people that are there, the people that are being abused, the Israelis people and the Palestinians, and wake them up so that they can, be, because they were waking up. One of the things that's come out, I mean, who's paying attention really, but one of the things that came out was that there was a tremendous amount of upheaval in the, in the Israeli nation. And they were, what was it about? Because I was going through so much information quickly uh, to, in the, you know, trying to get prepped for this show. But it was, it had to do with the, apparently, they want to change the Constitution. They want to change the justice system. It's the same thing that they're doing over here, but over here, they're just ignoring it, both the Constitution and the, just, the law. So they're doing the same thing there. But the Israeli people were on to them, and there was going to be some kind of a strike or some kind of a major, major 
internal event against the government itself when all this happened. Another reason for the timing, for all we know. So I know that these people are on the verge of really coming awake. And that was what I focused on, is wake them up. You know, get them to see what's happening around them. So that, because I mean, what can we do really? This is something that those people have to wake up and take charge of. So I was doing that, but then I realized the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. Now think about what we're talking about. It's like in its longest, it's a 25 mile length. And in its thickest part, it's only like eight miles. This is a very small area with million people in it. If you look at the buildings, they're all on top of each other. There's a lot of people in a small area. And the only way to get out the vast majority of them is into Egypt. And Egypt won't let them in. So they can't get out. I mean, both sides of the, the, the people that are the innocent collateral victims here... It's just heart-wrenching what they're going to go through. They haven't been with electricity or water since, I think, Saturday. Um, They were told by leaflets from the Israeli uh, flying overhead leaflets, get out of the northern part of uh, the Gaza, Gaza Strip because that's where the Hamas headquarters are or were. And they're going to go and try to clean all that up. But they're warning the people, get out. And Hamas told the people to ignore that warning. Now, apparently, best I can see, a good portion of the people said, we're, we're trying to, we got to go someplace. And so they're going south. But all, they looked down the highway with a camera and it was just all backed up. So, God, I don't even know what what's happening there. It's just, it's a nightmare. So... The only way we can help these people, really, is to dedicate yourself to spending the time to focus not on the awfulness of it, but to focus on the opportunity to wake them all up. It's sending Dolly's love blankets. Sending Dolly's love blankets. I do it with the concept of uh, 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 carbon 60, C60, uh, you know, that shape. And, yeah, that'll work. and I fill it with um, essentially cosmic love. And I just like, you know, open it up all over. the. And But that's my image. Each one of us has our own special way of looking at things and a special image. But all we want to do is to make available cosmic love, or whatever you want to think of it. But to put that energy in there to... Uh, override the darkness that that is engulfing them, has engulfed them. So I think it's really, really important that we because and, the, and they need to wake up to the to the simple truth that the people that supposedly are in power and supposedly are authorities over you, they they have no power and they have no authority over you. As if you if you accept that you're your uh, leaders have power over you, you're in trouble. 
if you accept that they're powerless they're, and they're not there to help you at the least, then you have a fighting chance to get out from under. The, pro the problem is that we give our oppressors the power they need because we follow what they say and we obey them and we believe them. But if we don't obey them, if we don't believe them, I mean, look what the, we mentioned it in a show. Not too long ago, we mentioned in a show, Gandhi was able to do in 50 years what the Irish were not able to do in 500 years. And he just did one thing, non-compliance. He, he did no, no, they didn't throw stones, they didn't fight with anybody, nothing. They just, we're, we're not cooperating, we're not cooperating. They got hurt, they got killed, but they, they won. They wanted their freedom back. But what, what do they do? We are not going, yo, you want us to do, we're not going to do it. We're not cooperating. And that was, and that was their fighting cry. Do not cooperate. What are they going to do? They did, they're going to attack you, but they are, they are few and we are many, right? Yes. And it's all in the numbers, but it's also in the awareness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you become aware, it's like if, if <clears throat> there's a lot of different people out there. Uh, unfortunately, there's a good portion of the awake community that fell for it. I think they'll wake up shortly because they just weren't being analytical enough. Um, it was it another, was, way, another way, <laughs> a different form of sleep. <laughs> The, the the imaging, the way that it was being presented, and I'm watching Fox, I'm not watching the others that are even worse, but Fox is pretty bad itself. And, you know, they had fallen in for, to, the, to, the, uh, to the scenario. But one of the things that they talk about is they, they say it's a false flag, and people, you know, think, what, what, no, the killings didn't happen. The killings happen. The stuff you see happens. And I wish they'd used a different terminology, actually. But what they're what they're alluding to is that the narrative of what and why it happened is the false flag. That's where the fakeness comes in. And to get that done, they have uh, uh, crisis actors, and the crisis actors all have a they they seem to have well they are because they're actors but one of the things that um peggy peggy uh uh hill hall peggy hall um she is uh somebody who has really looked at this we did i did a 5g thing uh on it for um let me think i think it was this week this yeah this last week and she w went into uh, some of the things that are don't make any sense. And some of those things are like, for instance, like I mentioned, the security. Now, there, when it first happened, it just didn't make any sense to not only me, but anybody that understood what was there. Why didn't, you know, um, yes, they had taken it and they do this. This is such a standard operating procedures like Walt says you know they keep using the same book because it works for them so what they do is they um, 
they have some reason to move troops away from the area they're going to attack, which they did. Then you stop the information, the the uh, the intelligence information from getting to the go- to the boots on the ground, the troops that are there. You know, it, it, they they don't. They, somebody's got a room full of electronics that's watching everything. Oh, look at here, the attack's coming. Don't say anything to anybody. Well, then the people on the ground are surprised. One of the things that I noticed um, that she picked up on, too, was that in the beginning of the story, they had film, like like a can- like a phone film, from the area that they had that festival. This is their, their story. And they had pictures of people being uh, uh, taken captive, okay? But there was only a couple of them. And in both cases, it was the worst video I'd ever seen. You know, it's like these cameras now and these phones, for the most part, you can be running and filming and the cameras seeing, it's it got a stabilizer in it. But this was like, it was jerking around, like the, the operator was jerking it around. And so you never got a clear picture. You got images, but you never got a clear picture of what it was you were supposed to be seeing. It was the narrative of what you thought, what they wanted you to see. So it was deliberate. Oh, yeah. And I picked up on that. I was like, this this doesn't make any sense here. Um, and then you had people who were... Like there, one of the uh, broadcasters was was there. Now the broadcaster that I was listening to, the one that from Fox that was on the ground, I am absolutely sure that he was not part of the storyline. He was buying into it, but I would have bought into it too because Dolly actually messaged me and she said, "Is this real?" And at the time I went back to her and I said, "Yes, it's real," meaning that yeah, something big has happened. I don't know what's behind it, but something big has happened. And it was because of him. I watched him for about eight hours. And he was there right where it was happening. And I saw him emotionally begin to break down because of what he was seeing and hearing. And, you know, physically, I started getting worried for him because he started getting short on breath. And, yeah, I'm going like, he's got to get, he's got to walk away from this thing. Um, but he, he, he was w- one of the reasons that I knew that, no, something really bad is happening. The people on the ground there, they, they were showing terror. They were showing um, absolute disbelief. And there was one guy that walked up to him, and I couldn't understand what he was saying. But he was very upset with the uh, Israeli government because they weren't telling the people anything. And he, I, I, like I say, I, it was, I'm not, I, my hearing isn't that, that good anymore. And I, I didn't understand what he was saying, but it, as he, Trey actually kind of like walked away from him. And as the guy was, was uh, walking away, he gave a, a thumbs up or something with his hand. I don't know if he was giving the middle finger. It looked like a thumbs up, but I wasn't sure what he had just done. And Trey said, I'm so, I apologize for the, for the language. So apparently he was swearing during this. But he was very, very, very upset against the Israeli government. But then you had these other people that were being interviewed. Now, 
I, thankfully, grateful for not having to experience it, have not been through a really tragic event. But I did watch what was happening to the people like on 9-11 because you couldn't help it. There were so many cameras going all over the place. And the people who were living through it, uh, you could tell that they were emotionally distraught, psychologically, you know, like in limbo. They don't know what's happened. I mean, there was a definite, very palatable feel about the emotions that these people were showing. When I was looking at these people telling me about these terrible atrocities, they didn't have any emotion. And I, I kept going like, are they shell-shocked? What, what's happening here? It was very strange. So you and think you were just actors? It, well, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, Walt, because then um, Peggy started going in. And she was she was actually hitting on some of the things that I had seen, but I did I didn't have an explanation for it. And um, you know, like I say, she was describing the people that are up in the that are getting interviewed. And but she went further. She said, if you look at the people that were supposedly there that were giving the interviews, you can't find them. They don't have a social profile. They're a friend of the family. They're a cousin. They're somebody a little distanced from the families. And she went through a whole, you know, like I say, Radio 5G in the first hour, you can hear that tape or you can pick up the, the link. Uh, just go to the podcast. Uh, so it it was just really an amazing thing to think about that they would, because when they would talk about these crisis actors, I was like, oh, come on, give me a break. You know, how much can you pay these people to keep their mouths shut? I just, I know people mostly seem to not be able to keep secrets. <laughs> so, well, how do they keep these people under control? I don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and it happens, there's all the, everything that happens seems to have these kind of, and I don't know if it's, you know, traumatic stress or something, but it's just really strange. Um... There's quite a few things that, when you look at it, it was like she shows a picture, supposedly, of this festival where a thousand people were gathered, the one that 260 were killed. And the picture doesn't show a thousand people. It's got this huge desert scene. And you got these people that maybe totaled 300 what I heard was that it got moved 48 hours before where it was supposed to be. Oh, so well, they really? changed the met venue within 48 hours. That's what I was told, yeah. Mm. So, and that they were showing the one girl that supposedly was murdered taking selfies and smiling with the supposedly kidnappers. Oh, really? Did you see those pictures? I saw the video, yeah. But that doesn't make it, since I wasn't there, how would I know? But for what I saw, that's what I saw. Oh, if you oh. can that video, I'd like to see it. I know, right? Do you have many videos I go through? I know, I know. But it, I, I can totally understand, you know, some of this, these bizarre things that they're saying. Um, 
So <laughs> I really don't think you can trust anything that's on mass media as per se cable TV or whatever. No, you can't. And Peggy says that. She says, you know, if you're seeing something on the television... That's Peggy what, from California, right? What? Yes. From California with the glasses, her husband's a reverend. Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, she's good. She she does, she does. looks up her stuff. I mean, yeah, she's, she's got great foundation. She does. Yeah. She but, said she she said that she doesn't normally do political, which is true, but she had actually um, been a student of this area. She just got fascinated with it and actually went and took a trip. Very interesting. But listen, we're at the top of the hour, so let's just take a a break somewhere over the rainbow. Let's go over the rainbow. And welcome back to the Say What Show. It's October 14th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Mona Radler. Are you guys back? Hello, hello. I'm back. Okay, good, good. Um, what what else did they say on the uh, uh, X? What is it? <laughs> so, uh, oh, you mean the exo politics with uh, yeah, right, Michael right. Salo? That's right. that's that's what he was saying that the uh, that it's uh, it's the, the cabal controlling both sides of the conflict. So, oh, yeah. and he says the uh, the ones uh, the uh, the the cabal and the bankers. The bankers are the ones paying for the for the thing. They are the ones financing the all the all the action. So, so the, both sides are playing. You know, they're all uh, victims of because it, there isn't one one group against another group. No, it's all the same. They're just playing this role, and people think that you have two enemies. Like like David Icke said, you think you have you're dealing with two people fighting, and it's the same person. Well, it's it's uh, what do you call it? It's what uh, Lucas did in his portrait of the Star Wars. That's exactly what he did in Star Wars. You know, you you had this government where you you know you had all these uh, uh, people represented representing all the different planets. But then the this this uh, Palpatine invented this conflict where you had uh, this this group against this other group, and they're both being run by the same by the same people. The force, may the force be with you. <laughs> well, but that's what they programmed us, is that everything that they know, the occult, the other ways that they've been programming society and brains, advertising, the food, the chemicals, the hormone imbalancers, the flipping products that are out to just make our nervous systems completely shut down. You know, it's... They've denied us the right to know that we have the power to fight back. And that's what pisses me off. Because there's no level playing field. Because we've been taught it's all demonic. It's all you can't have that. But they're the ones playing under the demonic. And they got that. You know, it's like. <laughs> no, thank you. I've had enough. You know, I'm loving the trees. I'm happy when I hear birds sing. And children playing. And other life going on. I don't mind insects. You know what I mean? 
so much has been just turned so off for a lot of people who should be on with it. We could see the fairies if you believed in fairies and if you left their forest alone, just like Bigfoot and the rest of the other etherical stuff that was meant for us to be able to, I think, communicate and intermingle with. But that's just me. Well, we were talking about Peggy Hill, and she. she I want to. I want to play a clip of hers because what she does in this clip is that she points out what they're trying to do to make you think a certain way, but then she gives you uh, things that you can do to counteract that. So it's twenty-one minutes, but I think it'll it'll make people realize. You know, it's not. This is not a complicated situation. It seems complicated until you realize. Well, somebody's paying both sides, and you know what? What exactly? What Walt said is that they're playing it with the hopes that they can keep the rest of us confused and controlled. And the thing of it is, is that no, that's not going to happen. It hasn't happened for the last three, four years. Every time they try to do something, it wakes more people up. And I think that's true here. But let's just listen to her. Hey, friends, Peggy Hall back with you from thehealthyamerican.org. I want to help you out by helping you understand that this is the way that they trap you. I've got some notes here for you. I made five points in terms of they, meaning the bad guys, the evildoers, the puppet masters, the public serpents, those that try to exert power over you or oppress you. So we could really summarize that into the tyrants. And I want to show you patterns that I've noticed so that you can be aware and you can fight back because be assured that this is a battle, but it is a battle in which we are victorious. So I'm going to share with you five ways that they try to trap you, five ways that you can push back. And my goal is that you will feel empowered, educated, um, encouraged and inspired to take action. Friends, there are five things that these tyrants, the bad guys, the public servants, the evildoers, five techniques that they use to try to trap you, to trip you up. And this is what I have uh, summarized for you. There probably are more than five ways, but I find that these are the five most vile. And in some ways, they're very transparent. So once you notice this, you'll be able to fight back. I'm going to give you five ways to fight back as well. So I was journaling about this today and I thought, you know, what is the most important thing that I can offer to my audience? And this is really an approach or a system, if you will, that you can apply regardless of what's going on. If you're going to a school board meeting, if you are having an interaction with your boss, if you're being told at a grocery store or a healthcare setting that you have to you know, suffocate yourself or be oppressed, I've got so many specific ways on how to push back on that. Please check my Substack. There's a link for you below. That's a type of blog. Um, delivery service. And I have a lot of important information for you and also over at the website at thehealthyamerican.org. So let's dive right in. Number one, what happens is I'm just going to use the word they to keep it all in one category. They will try to hijack your emotions. Now, I see this a lot 
on some YouTube channels or other video channels or even podcasts. I definitely see it on the news. And this is where they will lead with basically an emotional attack. They will try to stun you, to startle you with emotional images. Often they will use music, music that sounds really scary and, you know, do, 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 do. They will often have some sort of mesmerizing, you know, figure or, or diagram or image. And that's why I personally don't like to watch when my email is loading. I don't like to watch the spinning ball or whatever it is on email or websites or when something is loading. They don't, those that created these websites and functions, they didn't have to do that, but they did it. They did. And that's actually leading me um, kind of into to number two as well. But they're, number one is shocking you, stunning you, hijacking your emotional center so that your rational, reasonable, logical thinking mind is literally suppressed. It is not going to be active because the emotional center is going to take center stage. So they do this with the shocking images. That's why on this channel, I hardly ever try to, I, I, I actually try to not show you distressing images, things that are troubling, things that are very um you know, heart-wrenching and graphic. Just like I don't like to watch movies where there's murder and rape and torture. Like, why would I do that? Why would I entertain those kinds of images? Why would allow? Why would I allow those into my vessel? I'm trying to protect that and keep it pristine. So no, I don't care for this um, literally hijacking your emotional center. And usually you'll see this in the news where they'll use words that are very emotionally charged and automatically you're feeling and that's number two, you're feeling fear and dread. So number two is they will prey on your fears. And for most people, the number one fear is fear of dying. Now, I might be a little bit outlying here, but I am actually not afraid of death. I have loved my life. I have given it my all. I have contributed. I have produced. I have achieved. I have inspired. I have done what God has called me to do. I feel very satisfied with the things that I've done in my life. And I haven't kept all of my dreams and goals in a little box up on the shelf. I've actually been going after them my entire life. So I feel very satisfied with what I've done. And God alone numbers your days and mine. And when he sees fit, to return my soul where it belongs with him, that is going to happen. I personally don't live in fear of that. Now, a lot of people live in fear of death, but I think they really live more in fear of life, of living. They're not living fully. And if they're not living fully and they have all these regrets, why didn't I? I should have. I shouldn't have. Then, of course, they're not going to be ready when God calls them home. So if you are identifying with that, what, with what I just said, this is your time. This Take this as an inspiration to say, I'm no longer going to wait. And by the way, I do have a program coming up about procrastinating on your dream and how to stop doing that. So I'll let you know, I'm going to be uh, giving you some information on that in the coming weeks. So they, the evildoers will also prey on your fears of being isolated. I remember my sister telling me she rides horses and she said, for a horse to be isolated from the herd, it is the worst thing ever. It 
actually means death to them because they are herd animals. Now, we're not herd animals, but we are people that God created to be in, let's just say, fellowship with others, to be in communities. And that might be just with one other person. It might be with your family, your extended family, your community, your coworkers, people that you like, family members that you've chosen to be a part of your family. So the concept of being isolated can be very, very fearful. And I believe that's why the bad guys insisted upon that in the early days of isolating people, telling the grandparents they couldn't see their grandchildren, telling loved ones that they couldn't visit their, um, you know, those that were suffering in hospitals and nursing homes. It's absolutely reprehensible. And that's exactly what they did. They preyed on people's fear of death, of isolation. And then I would also say abandonment. So probably for most of us, even though we're, we are, you know, able-bodied adults there probably is a deep-seated fear of being abandoned. I'm going to be left behind. I'm not going to catch up. I'm not going to be able to um, keep up with everyone else. And so this concept of not only isolating people, but dividing people into, you know, this group and that group, it's very, very damaging. And the evildoers use this technique. And that is one way that they trap you through this fear. A third way that they trap you is through intimidation. And what I mean by this is often you'll hear people talking about hidden knowledge. They're the only ones that know this way of doing something. And it's very complicated and you'll never understand it. And you'll hear this in terms of, you know, climate of, oh, it's 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 far too complicated and uh, it's it's always changing and we don't always have the information and only scientists can know about that or about the science of your body and how it works or about the science of disease and illness. Oh, no, no, no. Only experts can talk about that or about the law. How about that? How many times there have been attorneys that have attacked me because I'm not a licensed attorney saying that I can't possibly understand the law because I didn't go to law school? Well, I wholeheartedly reject that notion. I reject the notion that somebody has to have a license or have gone to school to be able to understand something. So this concept of hidden knowledge that you're not smart enough to understand is a very devastating and powerful tool that they use to trap you. And I would call that intimidation. Uh, you'll also hear, and even on YouTube channels, even from those freedom fighters will say, well, I have an unnamed source uh, that I can't name. That's why it's an unnamed source. And it came from someone high in the administration, which they called me and I'm not able to tell you. It's like, well, who are you? Why did they call you? How can I even vet this information? So this is also this tool of intimidation. I strive to do the exact opposite on this channel. I want to break things down. I want to simplify things. When I talk about the law, I show you the law. I help you understand it. We go through it word by word. It's actually not that difficult. So I do the exact opposite of the intimidation factor. I want to break things down and simplify and clarify and identify uh, what it is that you need to know. So be on the lookout for that. People having this hidden knowledge that's far too complicated for you to understand. And that goes hand in hand with number four, the way that they try to trap you. And that is by confusing you. Think about in the early days of all of this hogwash. Everything was so confusing. Oh, well, it, it was this and then it was that. And you're supposed to do this, but don't do that. Well, now you can do that, but only do it this sometimes. Like, what? how, how can I keep all of this straight? Whenever there is some kind of 
orchestrated event in the news, it's the same tactic again. They'll tell you that there were eight people. Oh, no, there were seven. Well, actually, there were 12. Well, one got away. And then you're like, what happened to that other guy? Oh, you never hear about it again. It Confusion is a very powerful tool of the enemy. And that is another way that they try to trap you. So be aware of these things when you're watching YouTubers, when you're reading Substacks, when you're listening to the news, when you're observing what's going on. I've seen these tactics used, unfortunately, in some very, um, how can I put it, unchristian churches, which basically look like cults in the way that they are trying to mesmerize and entrap the congregants. And I don't know if they're doing it out of ignorance. I don't know if they're doing it intentionally, but I cannot stand it. And thank you, Lord, for gifting me with the gift of discernment, because I can just, it's like my BS meter goes off. And then the fifth way, and there are many more, but these are the five most um, important ones that came to mind as I was preparing for this, is that now the the evildoers will impose their desired result or remedy on you after they've already set the stage. So they captured your emotional center. They hijacked you. They prevented you from thinking clearly and rationally. And I know this because many of you told me that your parents who you thought were intelligent or maybe a friend or a, even a family member, a coworker, or a community friend, you thought they were, you know, smart and down to earth and, you know, grounded in all of that. And suddenly they were swept away by the images on the news and even now, talking about Lahaina and other things that are going on in the news, people are hijacked by their emotional center. And it's done intentionally with these images, with these horrors, and people cannot think clearly about it. They're not able to question and have a sense of being a critical thinker. And then, of course, they prey on your fears. What if this happened to you? What if you were going to be homeless? What if your family was decimated? What if you get this disease? And then suddenly you can't think straight because you're worried about these life and death situations. And I'm not saying that they don't exist, but I'm saying that the bad guys are trying to trap you with these techniques because information can be presented soberly um, in a very balanced way that's not emotionally charged and is not delivered in a way that is designed to trap you. And I cannot stand to see people trapped. And there are healthy Americans that also, unfortunately, will fall prey to this. And I know that because of some of the emails and videos and things that, that you, not, not, probably not you that are watching, but others that just stumble across and they send me things. And I think, did you even like analyze this? Did you look at it again? Did you put your emotions aside and look at it with, uh, you know, lack of passion and just more of an intellectual, you know, interrogation? Or did you just get swept up with the emotions? It's so, so powerful, my friends. And of course, the intimidations uh, techniques, and they'll use all of the what ifs and what if. And this is this kind of, I've heard it described as fear porn. I don't use that phrase because I don't like that word, but I call it fear mongering or mongering fear. Or in what we've lived through over the last few years, flu mongering, right? Telling you, and certainly there are people that perish. I'm not saying that they don't, but in terms of blowing it all out of proportion, that is a technique that is used to entrap you. So let's talk about how to overcome this. These are five ways of fighting this battle. It is a battle. It's a spiritual battle because the enemy wants to separate your soul from God, wants to steal your peace of mind. And if you are not a person who believes in God, that's quite all right. God believes in you. He created you 
for this time to go through what you're going through. And it's not happening to you. It's happening for you so that you can develop, build your skills. And as I say, live confidently and not live in fear. I want you to be empowered and educated, excuse me, inspired, and uh, let's say intrigued by what I'm about to share with you. So number one, I think the best skill of all is to be aware. Notice these patterns as they are happening. So immediately when I hear hypnotic music being played under a video, maybe even a video from who it might be called a freedom fighter, or there's some kind of scary images or some kind of foreboding music, and there are spinning images, something that looks very hypnotic. I turn it off. I don't watch and I don't listen. Now, I might do a couple of things. I might turn off the sound so I'm not hearing the hypnotic music, and I might just look at the images or vice versa. I might not watch the video at all and then just listen to it. And those are ways that you can also be a little more sober minded in looking at the information. I take a, I am a, how do I say that? I don't like it when people try to manipulate my emotions and I can see that. Now, maybe they think it's just something that is current in you know social media or it's very popular to have that kind of introduction on your video. I don't even have introductions on my video. I just hit the ground running. I don't want to see a minute of foreboding music and scary images. That is setting the stage for you to be manipulated. You know that. And I want you to be aware of it. And I want you to shut it off. You don't have to watch those people or read those things or see those news um, presentations or the news concerts, as I call them. So anything that is like shadowy, foreboding, scary, I identify that as somebody trying to manipulate my emotions and shame on them for doing that. I'm not going to participate. All right. The next thing is I want you to, um, again, you're going to be noticing and you're going to reject the fear mongering. When you Notice that they are trying to prey on your fear of death, of being abandoned, of the us versus them. You're just going to like, no, I, I reject that. I am not going to fall into that category. And you can just acknowledge and reject. I'm not going for the fear mongering. Nobody can predict the future. So why are you leading me down this path to telling me that it's all doom and gloom? All right. The next thing that you can do when you have all of that confusing information is I want you to dig deeper. You take it step by step, go to original sources. So rather than listen to, you know, ABC News, talk about the weather, go to not not that you're going to be able to believe, you know, weather.org or, you know, NOAA, but at least you're going directly to the source to see what they're spewing instead of getting, you know, a second or third hand account from it. Another example would be like this. If there is some kind of ruling from the Supreme Court, I go right to the Supreme Court website and I actually read the ruling. So I read it. And then on my videos, I show you the actual ruling so you can see it. I give you a link to it so that you can dig deeper. And then I do give you my analysis and how how I am interpreting it, because that's why you're tuning in is you want to see my perspective and my opinion, but I will go directly to the source and I will dig deeper instead of just listening to what ABC News has to say. Now, sometimes I'll do the opposite and I will go to ABC News or in the case of Maui, I'll go directly to their news stations because I also want to see what questions are they asking? What information are they leaving out? That can be an exercise in critical thinking as well. I will go to several sources and I will dig deeper and 
And that is one way to cut through the confusion, which is one of the techniques that they use to trap you. And the final one, I will say, actually, the, the last couple is, uh, well, basically, you are going to um, dig and you're going to question who is presenting this information? Why are they presenting this information? Do they have a hidden agenda, as I call it? What else have they done? What else have they written? What else have they created? Who are they associated with? Can I trust this person? I remember back in the days when I did go to you know an organized church service, which I don't any longer. I just like to commune with God directly. There were times when the pastor would recommend a book. And I remember somebody saying, oh, if the pastor recommends it, I read it. I'm going, if the pastor recommends it, I'm going to dig deeper on the author and I'm going to figure out who this person is before I invest time and money reading something. And there was one time when, sure enough, I uncovered some very unsavory facts about an author of a book that the pastor was recommending. And I even asked the pastor, did you know about this? Did you know about these other scandals this person is involved in? And again, they kind of brushed it off like, well, you know, it's got to take the good with the bad. No, I don't have to take the good with the bad. That was a lot of my awakening is going to different churches and feeling like I, and I don't want to color a broad swath. There are, you know, my husband is a pastor. There are, he doesn't, well, we do have a beach church, but it's quite different from other kinds of, of organized churches that you may or may not attend. I'm only using that as an example. There are plenty of other cases where people have recommended something. I've seen a video and I'm like, I've got to dig deeper on what this is. So question, question, question. And then finally, I want you to read between the lies. As I say, you've got to look for all of these um, triggers and signs and symbols. I break down a lot of that on my channel. There are numbers, there are gestures, there are colors. Now, everything can be either good or bad, right? I can wave at you to say, hey, how's it going? And that could be a friendly gesture, just like somebody that is um, building a house or hanging, a, let's say, hanging a painting. They can use the hammer to hang the painting. It's used for good. But that hammer could also be used as a weapon. And certain gestures and symbols and numbers, when there is a pattern, you can see that that could be uh, have significance that you need to look out for. All right, friends, those are the things that I wanted to share with you today about how to know when you are being trapped and how they trap you and how to fight back against it. I would love to hear from you in a comment other things that you can add to this list. I barely scratched the surface. I probably will be creating a Substack for you, which is a detailed blog post that you can read, you can share, you can save, you can research. And that comes out on my Substack. I have a link for you. When you click on the word more in the description box, it will give you the drop down and you'll see where you can go to peggyhall.substack.com. It's 100% free. All content is free for all readers. Some of you have decided to support that work with a monthly or annual donation. And I'm so grateful for that. So thank you everybody for being on board. I look forward to seeing you in an upcoming video and always over at thehealthyamerican.org. See you soon, everybody. Thank you. All right. Was was that helpful? Did you think? <laughs> it was very obvious because one hundred percent of all advertising is based on excitement. In fact, it used to drive me crazy when I worked in the corporate world, and uh, they would gather us because this or that executive had a to had to say something to us, and. Uh, 
invariably, without exception, every speech that they would start, they, they would start with the words, oh my God, I am so excited today, that uh, blah, 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 blah. And every, everything that they were going to talk about, they thought, oh, I'm so excited. And, and all he's doing, is he was talking about some new rules or some some new regulations that are going to be put into place and it's going to put people to sleep in five seconds flat. But, oh, me, he, it doesn't matter. He's so excited. It's like, so everything has to be is based on excitement. Without excitement, it has no value. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, for example, if you, uh, I, I, I don't have a paid television. It's just I, I see the, the adverts. When uh, when I watch uh, YouTube videos, there's ad adverts between the, the different videos, and in all the adverts, everybody is in in the middle of a paroxysm of excitement. It doesn't matter if it's uh, car rentals, insurance. It's like oh, everybody's about to fall, you know, fall to the ground in 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 in, in excitement because they're so excited. It's like Really, everything is based on excitement. <laughs> so no, I agree with her. She's a hundred percent on that. It, it's everything. Everything is based on the in, on the emotion because that's that's the, that's the way to control anybody. Well, th for example, uh, I know it's not. Uh, that's not the the point of this video. The thing she said, but a lot, a lot uh, of what she said could be applied to people that have, uh, what do you call it? Um, these people that have this, these narcissistic personalities, and they actually, and that's how they, how they control others by, by, by controlling the emotional content of whatever they're doing. As long as they, they can grab your, by the emotions. I mean, the person is, is out of alignment. And they're out, out of their center, so they can't think straight. So everything is based on emotions. So as long as you're you're running a person on their emotions, then you're in control. Do you ever read the book Celestine Prophecies? I have. I have read it. Do you remember the poor me, pity me? <laughs> There's two other ones. I cannot recall at this time what they were, but it was four attributes that humans do to get attention. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the other two. I know I remember the poor me and pity. So it's based on the emotional. The tension, wanting the excitement of somebody. Exactly. So you, you, you don't, you can't let them think. You can't let them think straight. You got to keep them engaged in, in the emotional content, the emotional sure. charge. As long as you, they are, as long as they're engaged on that emotional energy, you're in control. Well, and the thing <laughs> that they think they're they're living without something that they truly need, because that's where the purchase power and all that comes into. YouTube threatened me if I do not accept their advertisements, they will not allow me to watch YouTube because I have uh, ad block. But nope, I've got to watch their effing uh, <laughs> ads, so I don't play many YouTube videos on my shows anymore. 
because I I don't I don't hear them because my uh, the controller just mutes automatically mutes the commercial so <laughs> just your video will not re will not play unless you listen to this through and it's like what kind of sublineals are they trying to provide or provoke I don't like this crap but hey if I want to play my videos I had to agree to their suckwad um, <laughs> new rules or whatever so it is it's all a sales pitch Yep. But never wanted to poor me or pity me. I mean, there's just... Why take... Why? I'm not a victim. And a lot of people want to be victim. Well, believe it or not, it, believe so it's not, it, or just, not it, it, gives them, it gives them power over others. It's, a very, it's very so, so subtle because it, it, it feels like they are the disempowered one because they're victim. No, they're no, they're not disempowered. They're grabbing you in with that story, so they are empowered. It's just it's so very subtle, but they 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 know how to play people's feelings, and some people are suckers for it. Oh, poor person, and oh, for, oh, you got hooked, line and sinker, you got pulled in. <laughs> right, so true. So true. So yeah, I like Peggy. She's good. And I came straight out with the facts too. I mean, I couldn't say it any better than either one of them. Yeah, I mean, when it becomes apparent, it becomes very apparent. Um, but you, you have to stop and take a look at it with a rational mind, like step out of the emotional part of it, you know, and then it becomes crystal clear. Mm -hmm. So, I I I just think that the the idea the idea that you could take the scenario that's you know anywhere in the world at this point in the game and feel like you can't influence it is where they want us to be. But the reality of it is is that every person's mental thoughts are what create the reality. Mm -hmm. It's the sum total. So if you are, like I was initially just watching it and observing it, mm -hmm. and um, I, I wasn't really emotionally in, involved with it because I just kind of looked at it as an observer. But if you're not, if you can't get to that place, if you immediately get so involved in it that y y you can't think straight that you keep playing the st same things over and over and over in your head that's where they've got you that's what i think she means when she says you're trapped is that they've got your brain doing one of these loopy things well, well that's it's, it's you 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 hear that um the comments is like if you're dispassionate about any subject alone you you have the uh, the other uh, like the other coin they'd like to play the guilt. Oh my God, you're so cold. You're so aloof. You don't have any emotions. You don't don't you have any feelings at all? So you say, oh maybe I should cry a little because 
she's right. I am so dry and I'm no. They want you to be like that. They want you to be emotional because you're okay. You're watching a tragedy, which shouldn't happen because in a in a in a in a, in a good reality you you wouldn't be having the the business. But how are you helping the victims of what you're seeing by? Becoming part of that emo of that uh, of that horrible energy. How are you helping them? Aren't aren't they needing the opposite? Like when you when you're talking about sending out love blankets, you're not sending out pain. You're not sending out uh, tears. You're not sending out uh, anger. Uh, you you're send you're sending out love love blankets. You're sending out love. So how how are you helping them if you if you're crying your eyes out and you're screaming and you want to kill somebody you know how how is that helping anybody? Oh geez, well something <laughs> came to mind when you just said that. A lot of times people don't recognize, but if you bless something and it's worth blessing, they'll accept it. But the ones that are doing all the damage, if you send them blessings, it hurts them. There's yeah. pain and agony involved. So bless everything you can get your hands on or exactly of or whatever, you know? Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't people they they always play the uh, the guilt card. Oh, you don't have any emotions. Or you're what what? You're blaming me that I don't have any emotions because you want me to cry with these people. How am I how is my crying going to help them out of their pain? I'm not gonna kick a dog either. <laughs> <laughs> I might warn the cat if the cat doesn't watch out. I'm not stopping for it, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> so they, there's a, there's always the that uh, the manipulation card. Right. The best way to control somebody: manipulate their emotions. I couldn't even do that to my children. Why would people consider doing that to adults? But. I guess there's all kinds of power play bull crap goes on, right? Oh my God, you 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 should have met uh, my mother's aunts. Oh my God, the the the, the aunt with the two uh, the two children, the the son and the daughter. That's that's how she, she was always sick with something. I mean, I think I, she died of old age. I, I, she was lay way past the 80s, I think she was close to the 90s, and uh, she died, I guess, because it was inevitable, but all her life, she was one, one, she was one foot away from death. It was, oh my God, uh, she, she, one year she was obsessed, she wanted to get a heart operation, even my, even my, my, my grandfather got involved and started yelling at her to stop to stop with their drama queen stuff and everything because it was just an act to control the children the way the best way to control the children it was always she was always one step away from the from the what do you call it the tomb she was so close to death so so the children had no choice but to uh, cave in and do whatever she wanted <laughs> so boy have i seen emotional manipulation <laughs> lots of it that's just sad, isn't it? It is terrible. But then it's amazing that she didn't call it to herself for all the time that she did it. So what was her real purpose for others to realize they didn't want to act like that? I mean, well, no control. 
There are people that, that can't live unless they're controlling every everything and, and everyone around them. I, I tell you, there are people that, unless they are able to know every at every second what where people are and what they are doing, unless they are in that state of control, they they can't they can't rest, they can't relax because they need to know what everybody is doing. So they need to be in control, and uh, that's and, and by being in control. That's when they can relax a little bit, but then they got to start with the control again because, okay, too much time has passed. I don't know what people are doing. Let's find out what everybody's doing. Too. So it's it's, a, it's the game of control. They have to be in control all the time. They, they control the husband, control the children, the grandchildren, everybody. It's sad, but it, but it's, a, it's a reality for, there are people that live in that reality. Yes, there are. I'm just thankful there's none around me at this point. <laughs> well, really, got rid of those ones. Everything was my fault for whatever it was. Didn't help that they drank so much either. <laughs> was well, it was your fault because you weren't drinking. Uh, yeah, I couldn't lower myself to that stability. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Yeah. I just couldn't. I'm lucky if I can get two beers in me with feeling okay about it. Just because I'm not a drinker. Yeah. Well, you know, the other the other thing that we've been talking about was uh, the Speaker of the House. And the, the longer this goes on, the more I'm just like, shaking my head as to to what in the heck is really happening here because they okay they threw the speaker of the house out so now the house can't do anything and they have to elect a new one but everybody that they agree to can't get everybody to agree to it and if they can't all agree then they can't even vote on it because they'll lose the vote and it's just absolutely insane. I, I mean, all I so can. So that's a new technique. The, this functionality—that's that's the way they're going to play the game. It's, a, yeah, it's going to it's become a, a dysfunctional house. Well, it has been dysfunctional for quite a while, but I think that there <laughs> is some kind of a real. Because how do I explain? All right, you got McCarthy, who was the speaker, and there were eight people that managed to kind of throw him out. Okay, through th uh, eight Republicans that threw him out. Now you've got Solis and Jordan who put their names in the hat. Solis is they vote, and Solis has got more votes than Jordan, so Jordan drops out. Then Solis is trying to get the others to agree to go to the House and vote for him. And in fact, the more he talked, apparently the <laughs> more people said, no, I don't want to vote for you. So he dropped out. So jo Jordan drops back in. And the same thing is happening with him. Are you, you are you describing a new game show? Or are you describing <laughs> the government? <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm saying. It's so insane, you know. So, so and, and then you get people who say, absolutely, I'm not going to vote for Jordan. And they say, well, why? I want McCarthy in. So McCarthy's being asked, will you 
run again. And he's going, no. <laughs> so it's like nobody wants the job because no, they won't agree with it. It's like a whole bunch of people that are absolutely juvenile. So who's, I mean, running, who's running the government? Nobody? You have to laugh about it because it's so insane. It's absolutely insane. And so they can't do anything. You know, I mean, they're talking about taking the, the uh, a while back, McCarthy, very shortly ago, McCarthy set up a position. I don't know what's, what the title is, but essentially, this is the guy that if the speaker is somehow dis disabled, and in ca this case, he was thrown out of the speakership, then this other guy would take over in the interim before they put in a new speaker. And they're actually thinking of changing the law, the way that it's written, to let this guy be the speaker and do the things like run the government. Like, you know, they're all talking about wanting to support Israel, but there's nobody there to pass the money to, to Israel. So it's, it's just like, are you kidding me? It's juvenile. It is so unbelievably juvenile well, that I have. They want to mix the um, Ukraine and Israel funds together. Like what? That's like Syria. What did we do to them? And what else is going to happen next? Who's next? Did they say Iran now? I mean, there's just, it's crazy. It's just crazy. I'm just looking at the fact that the, the, House of Representatives on the Republican side just look like a bunch of juvenile idiots. Well, it's a both sides. Well, it's yes, but right now it's the Republicans that are making fools out of themselves. And and it's it's like how could this possibly be happening? Are they being somehow brainwashed themselves? Are they under, you know, I mean that place has been 5G'd for a long time. Are, are they under some kind of a weird because I've heard I've heard congressmen who said they were so angry at the eight that threw McCarthy out. How can you have eight eight people that are stopping everything, right? And yet the same guy is saying, "No, I'm not going to play the game of Jordan or Salise. I want McCarthy." So he's doing ex the hip hypocrisy, and it's so blatant. It's like, is somebody orchestrating this? Well, you know, they see anybody old enough to know the difference, Nancy. It's, it's just I mean, kind Seriously, of. You, you have some time on your side where you've seen a lot of this. Part of it was actually your education. They don't get that now. They don't get to know any part of the truth of the facts. They are taking away all the information. But I see what you're saying. But I'm still young enough. I didn't recognize. But I know what you're saying. It's the playbook over and over again. They're just recycling the same playbook. Go ahead. Well, um, yeah, there it is. Let me see. Okay, yeah. Okay, so... One of the things that I wanted to do is to begin to teach people 
civics. Right. Because Ani Avedisian did a, a, a questionnaire on her last live show on facts about America. And I thought I knew what America was and I thought I knew, I, you know, you know, I flunked that thing terribly. So I thought about it and I said, well, every alien immigrant who comes into the country that wants to get their citizenship has to pass a test. I wonder how many people in America can actually pass that test. Right. Well, I'm sure it got a whole lot easier. Well, what I did was I went and I looked up. I said, what's the test? So I've got the test in front of me. Okay. And I'm going to try to put in at least, you know, a couple, three, I don't know, maybe five of these. And every show I do, well, except probably the Shanghai show, just to get people to think about what they may or may not know. And hopefully at the end of it, you could at least say, yes, I, I've seen that test. I know what the answers are, or, or at least I think I do. Um, so I'm going to just, you know, we've only got about eight minutes here. Um, okay, the principles of American democracy. That's the first subject area. One, what is the supreme law of the land? Are you guys going to answer? Go ahead, answer. Do you know? No, what is the supreme law of the United States? I thought it's freedom, but I guess I could be I could be wrong. What is the supreme law? I can't tell you. It's the Constitution. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. You, you see what I mean? It's uh -huh. like <laughs> it's very tricky, and believe me, I I could have easily missed that one too. Okay. What does the Constitution do? Well, it's supposed to hold our rights. Okay, right? that's one of them. There's three different things. That's one of them. Protects basic rights of Americans. Yes. Anything else? Okay. It sets up the government. The Constitution actually is a document that specifies that you're going to have three chambers or three houses. And that is the uh, the one that we call the Congress, which is the House of Representatives and the Senate. That's Congress. Then you have the executive office. That's the president. And their job is to take the laws that the Congress makes and then execute them. They're the executive office. They have to somehow or another make these laws reflect in the, in the country. The third house is the Supreme Court. And that's to sit there to make sure that both of those other two are doing what the Constitution is telling them to do. Sounds like a sci-fi episode. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> now remember, when, when this thing, when the Constitution was actually created, it was based not on European law that was all royalty. There was no concept of individual freedom, period. Elect somebody? No, not, not going to happen. That, that was the law, the king's law, okay? What they were doing here was something that had never been tried in, you know, European history. 
but it had been here with the uh, the American Native uh, societies because there was a nation of and I, we had this conversation the Algonquin or the Iroquois and I'm not sure I went to look that one up but they were a group of like I think six tribes that came together to work as one unit for the benefit of all. Yeah, and it's they, hard to believe that those people numbered in the millions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the Constitution <laughs> itself really evolved out of. Because, so if you want to think of what did these Native Americans believe in, if you know the Constitution, you'll know. Because a good portion of it, not the details of, the de not the not the details, but the the you know the basic concepts were in both documents okay question three the idea of self-government is in the first three words of the Constitution what are those words we the people hey Mona got one right <laughs> excellent did you get it right Walt did you remember nope we the people the idea of self-government is in the first three words of the Constitution. Okay, so now, what is an amendment? Isn't that, isn't that when you... Uh, it's not a correction, it's when you're adding something to an existing law. You're amending it, you're adjust... it's like an adjustment. Yes, that's correct. Um, in addition to the Constitution is one of the two. The other one is a change to the Constitution. Um, you got the Bill of Rights, uh, the first ten amendments, and they were basically put in there. Well, they're going to they talk about it in the next one. I'll just say, what do we call the first ten amendments of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights? Okay. Now they put that that was uh, an agreement that was made. They were going to they were going to uh, not have enough votes to pass the Constitution when the founding fathers were taking weeks to to write it out, to figure it out. Actually, it had been years, but, you know, in the actual writing of it. And there was a group of the founding fathers did, that did not believe the Constitution in and of itself, the way it was being presented, really, really protected the individual. So they agreed that they would add these, sort of like not on the record, but on the record, agreed to these Bill of Rights to give more freedoms to the individual. And so I'm going to ask you this. What is one right or freedom from the First Amendment? Just name me one. What is one right or freedom from the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights? I thought the freedom to bear arms was one of those. Actually, no, actually, that's not. It's the Second Amendment. Okay, so the right to speech. There you go. Speech, speech religion, assembly, press, and petition the government. Those are the freedoms that were, were they were implied by the Constitution as it was written, but they wanted to make it law by the Constitution. Okay, so we uh, went through the first six there. Was that kind of informative and kind of fun? Makes sense. It yeah. was very sad. 
What? That you didn't know? <laughs> no. That, that, that it's not that these these are not held true, that nobody's obeying these, nobody's enforcing these. That's sad. Well, no, that's not true. A lot of a lot most people anybody that understands this does support it. It's not like everybody's not supporting it, Walt. Oh. Yeah, it's people that are, you know, not paying any attention to the Constitution whatsoever. But it doesn't mean <laughs> that, you know, it's not real. It is real. It's just that some of those fools have, uh, you know, convinced themselves it's not important. So why don't you both say adios? We're at the uh, last, in the well, let, we actually say goodbye because we're right on schedule well, here. Good today. night, everybody. Have a super night tonight. And we will see you back again. Take yeah. care. Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong.